Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Hey everybody, good to get to talk to you again and hopefully to impart to you a little more uh, wisdom to help you along the way. Um, I'm sure you are aware that um, the current situation is at least easing and uh, although technically we would be allowed to meet uh, as a church this coming weekend on the 5th, we are uh, choosing not to uh, until we clarify all the uh, implications and regulations surrounding that. Uh, but we are looking very seriously at uh, getting everybody together, or at least as many as possible, uh, the following week, which I think is Sunday the 12th. So we'll uh, keep you informed on that. Uh, but other than that, just a few things I uh, I wanted to uh, to share with you. The Bible strikes out in its uh, narrative with the dynamic world-changing declaration, let there be light. Um, if we had been robbed of all subsequent writings, statements and events, this, this one thing is sufficient to provoke all manner of thoughts, challenges and questions. Let there be like, why does the narrative of scripture start out with this blatant, all-consuming statement labelled in the Hebrew mindset of the way it was written as the first day, the primary thing, uh, the beginning thing, the focus, um, the thing out of which everything else springs, let there be light. I think there's a reason. Uh, I think the understanding of it goes way beyond just the words. Um, and uh, I think for all of us, it, it should be the first declaration of our inner being in any and every situation we encounter. H how am I to deal with this? Well, the first thing that should rise in us is let there be light. Now, the trouble is it can be more frightening than it is comforting at first glance. Uh, because if you allow this kind of enlightenment to manifest itself in a situation, then it does not mean that it will necessarily look how you want it to look. It might be troublesome because you begin to see things that had previous to the presence of this enlightenment been hidden from your sight, but are necessary for the wisdom that you need to engage with the situation, to ultimately, if we follow that narrative, finish up with a complete creation and uh, a situation that is uh, both finished and whole. Um, without a microscope or a telescope, we can become convinced that what we see is all there is to see. And uh, sadly, most of us live most of our life in that way. Uh, of course, a microscope allows us to to delve into the minute 
of the subatomic cellular structural influences upon a situation. The, the, the detail, the small detail uh, that we don't see but matters. And of course the telescope allows us to see out beyond our... Um, futile is not the word, so I won't use that. Beyond our small, uh, minute existence to help to give us some context in the bigger picture of a more universal perspective. So so the problem is we are more often living life uh, convinced of our conclusions simply as a result of what we see and thinking that's that that's all there is. It isn't, okay? It isn't. And I think part of enlivening the spirit within us, that third leg that we talked about of the stool, that, that third perspective, that spirit perspective, uh, without that, we tend to be rooted to just encountering life in the context of how we see it in its immediate application to us. And uh, uh, part of our humanity is that we tend to prefer torchlight or spotlight versus whole light. Um, torchlight means that within the darkness we can just focus on a thing um, and give ourselves to that thing uh, as as opposed to to whole light which means that we have a wider awareness of all the um, contributing uh, and one might say imposing factors that also have to be considered within the situation if we're going to come to life and going to come to wisdom. Uh, speaking of Christianity, of which I know something, um, I think it has developed a tendency to be more torchlight than whole light. I think it's one of the things that we are trying to counteract in, in how we progress um, in life at Q and at Q Church, because I, I am desperately want to try and redress that balance. Um, because in Christianity, we've probably tended to shine the light on man's sinfulness rather than open our eyes to the enlightenment of God's fullness. As humanity, we're more guilty, if we're honest, of reductionism than expansionism. We find it's much easier to approach the challenges of life uh, through the eyes of reductionism. If I can reduce it to a simple equation of, I'm going to be very topical, maybe a little controversial to some, but, but hopefully not. I'm trying to open your eyes to the thing. If I can just reduce it to racism or I can just reduce it to a political viewpoint or a left or right wing uh, stance or or some kind of opinion in that in in those kind of things if you see what I mean if I can reduce things down to a small uh, thing then it means that how I perceive and view that thing puts less demand upon me as a person. It's much easier for me to come to conclusions that I believe very often uh, from that source of the ones that uh, turn out to be um, turn out to be dogmas and uh, as we've already talked about turn to be more binary and um, um, binary and dualistic than they are wholesome with the, with the full context and therefore 
allowing us to apply a, a much deeper spirit into the situation, which is the only way, if, in all honesty, they they ever truly um, get healed. So, so as humanity, we we we're definitely more guilty of reductionism, uh, all of us, than we are of expansionism. You know, thinking the thing wider, pushing the thing wider, um, getting outside the lines, um, uh, getting out of the box. We're not very good at that. And, and, and because of that, we, we have a tendency to turn everything into a religion. Now, I'd like to say a lot more about this, maybe at some future point. But uh, we have wrongly assumed that people who carry a set of beliefs uh, that are rooted in a declared divine being, like, for example, God whether that's Islam or Christianity, Judaism, uh, Hinduism, all those kind of things, or, or whether it is not based on uh, a specific divine being, maybe where you go to things like Buddhism. Um, but, but we tend to think those are religions. But you see, uh, anything and everything, most often to us as humanity, will turn itself into religion while ever we live in a reductionist perspective. Now, one might say that, for example, to be an atheist is being expansionist rather than reductionist. But I would say, from many of my experiences of people who are, are, are atheist, uh, is that what we've done is not actually expanded our thinking, but reduced our thinking. So now we have ruled out of thinking certain potentialities that I'm not sure from my perspective we actually um, can rule out. Now, of course, the problem is, uh, again, because of this, any cause that we apply ourselves to can become our religion. And what I see, and again, I, I won't talk about this so much today, what I see is that within that religion, we create all the dynamics that have ever been present in any religion that has touched humanity from the beginning of time. Um, so, you know, some people think the doctrine of original sin is just an invention of the um, Protestant and Catholic Church. Um, but let me give you an example. Again, I'm going to be a little controversial, but I think this will get it through to you. If we are all racist, that is another version of original sin. Uh, so if we are not going to accept everybody is just inherently sinful then we have to question some of the other things see where i'm coming from uh, and that is not that is not to undermine or diminish any of the current concerns about uh, the issues of race uh, and particularly black lives uh, of which i am very conscious and uh, and um, uh, very compassionate towards that process and watching it carefully both uh, here and on the other side of the atlantic but i want you to see how if we don't let there be light from a whole light experience, but we only have light in a torchlight experience. We are never going to be able to uh, embrace, receive, accept and engage with the bigger picture, which is the one ultimately that gives us a universal context and therefore a universal answer. Uh, that brings life because this universe has been going on for a long time and it's done pretty well to be perfectly honest. Um, see reductionism is a human trait. Expansionism is the universal norm. 
So when we look outside ourselves, you know, and, and we learned uh, the whole truth of an expanding universe, I can say without absolute any shadow of doubt, expansionism is a universal norm. And therefore, I would propose that if we can find what it means to let there be light, that we live in the space of a much more universal context than we do actually this human trait uh, of reductionism and bringing everything down to way, way too small and narrow boundary. Now, by that, I don't, I don't mean that we should not pay attention to or act on behalf of issues that we see that are important. But I'm just trying to say that if we have not got a universal view of it rather than a reductionist view of it, we'll turn that into a religion and we'll create through that all the problems religion has ever created uh, in the world. Um, see, when, when we think of light, we tend to think of it in a very limited framework. The first declared priority in the creation process was enlightenment. A completely different thing to the events of day four in the Genesis creation story, which was illumination. So we have on day one, let there be light. We have on day four uh, the emergence creation uh, of sun, moon and stars, which which are to do with illumination. So all I want to say on that um, today is that is that um, uh, one thing is certain, you can find these in Genesis chapter 1, one thing is certain from this that we're not talking about the same kind of seeing or the same kind of light from that primary declaration of let there be light to the emergence on day 4 of, of sun, moon and stars and, and all that that um, all that that produced in terms of measurement and illumination, which again, that's a talk for another day. Uh, what I would simply say about that is I would call one torchlight and I would call the other whole light. So so the, the day one let there be light that has emerged is a whole light. It's the light by which you can see everything. It's not determined by day and night. Right? It's separated light from dark and now we live in light. It's not the same thing as the measurement of, of, of day and light, uh, day and night. So, so I would call the one, which is the sun, moon and stars, torch light, uh, and I would call the other whole light. Um, see, I've said this before, but the church has invested way too much time and energy into developing people's conscience rather than their consciousness. Uh, it spent too much time on a view that is torchlight rather than whole light of pointing at rather than pointing to. So the emphasis, be when you live a torchlight ex experience, you tend to be pointing at. You're always pointing the finger at something because the torchlight shines on it. But when you have a whole light, you stop pointing at and you start pointing to because you can see something bigger. So rather than the thing becoming a judgment of what is seen, it becomes a revelation of what can be and what truly is beyond the situation. There's, there's an amazing uh, little set of verses in, in the Gospels in Luke chapter 11 starts at verse 34 and I think this this kind of helps me run this through to to uh, where I want to challenge you it says these words your eye is the lamp of your body when your eyes are good 
your whole body is also full of light. But when they are bad, your body also is full of darkness. See, to, this, 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 this is quite a statement. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Now, how can the light within you be darkness? Because what he's really pointing at here is that he's the difference between a good eye, when you see that broader, uh, bigger, universal perspective, or the bad eye, when you only see the narrow, um, focused perspective, it's torchlight against whole light again. And it says with one of them, uh, you, you might see something with the, with the bad eye, with the torchlight view, but, but it leaves your body, your inner being, actually your ability to come to full wisdom and understanding, it leaves it full of darkness. So see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. So nobody's doubting that we get illuminated about certain things, but that light can be darkness on the inside. Um, I would put it like this, what you think you know and what you think what you know means. That's what he's talking about when he says, see to it that the light within you is not darkness, that what you think you know and what you think what you know means are going to determine whether there's whole light or torchlight or whether there's brightness or darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, which has to be possible, it will be completely lighted as when the light of a lamp shines on you. Um, so we're living in times from that where we are being bombarded with a slew of new phrases and terminologies. I'm going to go through them. You, you'll have heard them and you'll know what they are. Uh, I'm familiar with the invention or adoption of phrases to delineate a belief system from my church past. So this is, this is nothing new to me, this process. Uh, but what I can say is it's rarely good uh, or beneficial in the long run. Um, see, see those phrases that, that, that I would once use in the context of, of, of my church past and that I hear now in different ways being used are formed from the light that we had and carried within us. Uh, um, sorry, the, the form from the light that we had but those statements carried within them a very distinctive tendency to define lines that allowed us to either justify or denounce and accept or reject. And I see that happening again. So I'm confessing that from, from a church perspective that we, we, we have to be careful. These are not torchlight phrases rather than whole light revelations. Otherwise, as I've said to you, uh, that though we form them in, in the light that we have had on a situation, they carry within them a very distinctive tendency to define lines that allow us to either justify or denounce, accept or reject. So, so we must ask, are they being created to enlighten or control? To educate or to bully? To elevate or to suppress? All I'm saying is the Christ spirit is one of a whole light not a torchlight, of expansion, not contraction, of universality, not minimalistic ideology. It's seeing fully that brings whole body light. Seeing defectively, which I believe comes from seeing selectively, brings internal darkness. 
It's my declaration today, and I pray it will be yours also. Let there be en light and mint. Let there be en light and mint. Let there be enlightenment. Creation happens within that Christ-soaked state. Let's work for it. Let's live for it. Let's receive it. Let's believe it today. Let there be enlightenment in all of us so that we can maybe make a difference beyond the dogma. Love you. Appreciate you. I'll catch you again at the weekend. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.